Welcome to the Know Like Trust Factor, a podcast for real estate professionals. We're your hosts, Betty Russo and Christine Carlo George. In this podcast, we share what it takes to build the Know Like Trust Factor for success in real estate. We invite marketing strategists, real estate agents, and other professionals in the real estate space to join us to talk about how they use the Know Like Trust Factor in their business. Before we get started, if you like our podcast, we'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share it with all of your friends. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. On with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the No Like Trust podcast. I'm your co-host, Christine George. And I'm your other co-host, Betty Russo. We have got a great show for you today. Our very own podcast editor, Russell Harris, is with us, and we're so psyched to have him here. Welcome, Russell. Hey, good morning, ladies. How are you? Good, good, So great. (laughs) So (laughs) excited about this show today. As am I. I. This is only my second time being interviewed, so we'll see what comes out of the hat. Okay, so the interviewer becomes the interviewee. Indeed, my have the tables have turned. <laughs> well, before we really dig deep, um, I just want to introduce Russell, talk a little bit about who he is. So yes, he is our podcast editor, but Russell is also a filmmaker and a podcast producer. He's a dad to my little friend, Luna, and he and his wife, Michelle, are the co-founders and owners of Love Travel Film, a company that produces videos and podcasts, and they produce their own podcast as well, 30A Locals, which we're going to talk a lot about later on. To top it all off, Russell is also a real estate agent in the beautiful Florida panhandle. Wow, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there is. Russell, before we get into where you are now, you have an amazing backstory. Um, You know, you went through quite a few transitions before being in your current uh, scenario. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I spent six years getting a four-year degree in a major that I don't even use um, and write I'm pretty confident that the night that I graduated college, uh, we conceived our daughter. And so I was kind of thrust into my adulthood, not knowing what I was doing with my life. And I had everyone around me telling me, look, you need to get yourself in a nice, secure job so you can take care of your family. And I was totally down for that. So, um, you know, I, I pulled on my adult pants that I did not fit into yet. And I got a job working for the Louisiana Department of Agriculture. And, you know, I did that for a few years and it was, it was this monotonous day in, day out. Um, and in the meantime, um, I had decided to teach myself how to become a videographer. Uh, after we got married and we got our wedding video back, I was super inspired by, you know, what they had put together and I'd never seen anyone tell stories with video that way. Um, so I, I told Michelle, I was like, I'm, I'm going to teach myself how to do this. And she was kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, so I got it. <laughs> yeah. So I got a camera. I read the manual cover to cover. I just, you know, went to the Academy of YouTube for, you know, the rest of my life, basically. I still use YouTube as a resource today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started this little side business called Southbound Films, doing just shooting weddings for a few years. And um, in 2017, early 2017, I, uh, I was working out in the field and um, I had someone pull a gun on me. And it was just Whoa. a, yeah, and it was, it was this total 
pivotal moment for me and everything was just kind of brought into clarity and I was like, I'm miserable. Uh, I'm, I'm making barely any money doing something that's a very unappreciated position. So, uh, at the, we just so happened to have a vacation booked in the mountains in Tennessee. And for like four days we were there, I just did a ton of soul searching and I was like, I can't do this anymore. So Hey Russell. Yeah. Can I totally interrupt you because I'm still way back on the gun. <laughs> You're way back on the gun. Like, we never knew this gun. about you, Russell. This is really intriguing. Yeah. How is did you- somebody happen to pull a gun on you and what happened? Uh, yeah. So not to try to tell too much of the story, because I don't want to take up too much of the time with it. But uh, what I did was I was an inspector for um, uh, consumer control. So my job was to check gas pumps to make sure that when you buy a gallon of gas, you're actually getting a gallon of gas. When you buy a pound of turkey, you're getting a pound of turkey, those sort of things. Um, so I drove this big three quarter ton truck with three giant gas tanks in the back. And um, I was driving in a rougher part of New Orleans at the time. And this guy came and cut me off. They were doing road construction. I had to slam on my brakes. Um, I almost hit him. So I just, you know, gave him a boop boop out the horn. Well, he he proceeds to slow down and stick a gun out of his moonroof and oh, point yes. it and point it directly at my windshield. Um, oh and, my god! Yeah. So long story short, I mean, the guy wound up getting arrested. Um, I mean, I was considered law enforcement, so it's a felony. Um, yeah. Wow. I, I, I can see how that would completely change your perspective on life. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm grateful in hindsight. I'm grateful that I have my life, but I'm also grateful that it happened. The universe has a, has a sneaky way of just kind of introducing what you need into your life. But um, yeah, that, that led me to, to reconsider everything that I was doing and just like, you know, how can I provide for my family in an even better way, but also have a higher quality of life? Um, and that's what led to that. So I stepped away from that position and uh, I spent the next six weeks sort of in a panic state. I had a buddy that owned a high-end car and boat detailing, detailing company. And he's like, hey, man, just come work for me for a little while while you figure it out. So I did that. And uh, I actually found a picture of me polishing a boat uh, back in the archives. And I'll have to send it to you so you can see it. I'd love to see it. Yeah. And... Um, and while I was there, I wound up getting connected with this virtual assistant company in New York, and uh, they hired me as a media specialist. So I started, you know, taking on these little odd jobs, basically freelance work, just like what you would get with like Fiverr or something like that. Um, and I started creating content for all these random projects and stuff. And uh, about a year into it, uh, one of the owners decided to back out. He let his partner buy him out, and he started his own little thing of doing a uh, process optimization company. So working seriously one-on-one with like top-level CEOs, COOs, that kind of stuff, just kind of looking at their systems, breaking it down, seeing what could be, you know, what can be removed, what can be enhanced, et cetera. And uh, I took on a full-time role with him. Well, again, the universe had plans for me. And uh, the week before we were scheduled to move to Florida, I, I lost that position. I was outsourced. So um, I was, again, back in the weeds. And now not having any family or friends surrounding me, we were we were totally like running on fumes in all of 2018. And uh, somehow, some way, I got connected with Katie Lance. Had no idea who she was, but I wound up becoming her video editor and I think you ladies know where where that went from there. Uh, yeah. That's how I was introduced to y'all. So, yeah, uh, after three years of being just neck deep, eyeball deep in the real estate space, and with lots of pressure from 
people like Betty, <laughs> I decided to uh, to get my license. And our, I mean, our market <laughs> is just ridiculous right now. So, and that is why I love how one thing always leads to the other. I mm. always tell everyone. I always say that you know everything leads to the next thing, yeah. and it brings you to where you're supposed to be. It just yeah. Completely does. Ah. And oh, by the way, Betty did the same thing to me, Russell, and I got my license in March. Oh, it's, congratulations. I didn't yeah. know you actually finally got it. That's great. I'm yes. so glad I had such a positive impact on both of you. <laughs> I haven't yeah. sold anything yet, but, but you know, there's but always you will. <laughs> yeah. For, for any curious listening ears that may or may not be on mute right now, uh, just take the adversity uh, in stride because it does suck when you got to take that pill, but there's always a wisdom to be gained there. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, especially as parents, and you both know this, like you you don't, pain is difficult. You don't want to see your kids in pain, but no growth. If you don't, there's there's no pain, there's no growth. Yeah, you know? absolutely. There's, I mean, expanding boundaries, you got to split the skin open. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, Ouch. I know, <laughs> man. So, Russell, so here you are now, um, and... I, you know, I was perusing your website the other day and I saw your mission, I'm calling it your mission statement, which says, um, living intentionally by our three favorite verbs. And I assume those are the name of your company, which is love travel, love travel film. Exactly right. Um, so I, I'm interested in knowing a little bit about that. What's the backstory there? Um, yeah. So, I mean, when I started, when I finally decided to LLC my company in New Orleans, so originally from New Orleans, obviously live in the panhandle now, but, uh, my wedding videography company was called Southbound Films. That was inspired by the video company that did our wedding video, which was Go North Film. So it's just kind of a play on words there. And, uh, when we moved, decided to refresh the brand considering I was pretty much, I was also in, in the midst of sort of transitioning from, living off of wedding videos to uh, to being more in the commercial space. I took an interest in doing more commercial work when I was still in New Orleans, but it was kind of like a putting my toe in the water sort of thing. And uh, when we moved, we decided to refresh the brand and I was trying to think of something. I was just going to keep what I had and we're sitting on the sofa one day with my wife and she's like, you know, why don't you just kind of do something completely different? And she literally just spurred it out. She's like, you know, what are things that you love to do? What are things that we like to do? And she's like, I don't know, love travel film. And it was just all one word. There's no periods, there's no spaces. It's love travel film. And uh, that's just where that came from. It's just, okay, well, what what is a brand that is going to be reflective of what we want our life to be? Sort of, it was almost like, a, in hindsight, I almost see it as like a manifesting thing. Like, yeah. I didn't realize at the time, but it's like, well, that's the life we want to live. That's how we want our quality of life to be. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. I didn't even realize it until just now. Yeah, it's like your manifesto for life, marriage, work. Um, it's all it, it's all incorporated there. I, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love it. Yep. Um, so we ran with it. Yeah, and I love the living intentionally part too because um, it's it's just so important in everything that you do. I mean, why? Why be here if you're not going to be completely engaged and intentional in everything that you do? It's it's super important, which I think um, leads to this podcast, which is the No Like Trust podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would love to know how you incorporate the No Like Trust um, factor with 
your love travel film clients and why it's so important to you. I love that too, by the way. No like trust and love travel film. <laughs> Three words. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense for it to be reflective of what you're trying to do um, and what's important to you. I mean, the no like trust factor, I feel like it was something that I was already aware of, I mean, given the the decision to make that brand change, we weren't aware of it at the time, but it was apparently something we were, we were privy to somewhere deep down. Um, but working with Katie kind of re reinforced that, that idea. And I knew that whatever my brand was going to be, I wanted it to, I never wanted to feel like I had to have this dual personality. It's like, okay, I'm this one person in my personal life, and then I have to be this other person in my professional life. I hated that concept. I, oh, I didn't so like the idea. You. Yeah, I didn't like the idea of having to cater to everyone else's needs, as, as Katie calls it being vanilla, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can't be all things to all people. I don't, the last episode, all these Katie-isms. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you, Katie, for that. This stuff is just stuck in there like super glue. But I, I knew that, I wanted to, I wanted everything I did to be on brand. So, you know, the idea of, you know, if I drop an F-bomb from time to time, or if I have this really odd sense of humor, that's me. And that's going to be my brand. And, and again, like Katie says, and so many other people say, that's anytime you do that, anytime you incorporate those core aspects of your personal life into your professional life, it's going to radiate your energy, not to get too meta, but it expands your aura when you're being yourself. You're going to attract those people who resonate with it. And at the same time, double-edged sword, you're going to push away the people that don't resonate with it, which when you're starting out, obviously that can be very intimidating. You're like, oh crap, no, I'm losing business. But you're really not because you're you're mitigating the amount of time wasted with people that you don't really want to work with and don't really want to work with you. And you're also drawing more people to you that like who you are that you may not have drawn to you if you were vanilla. Exactly. And it also kind of establishes this, even if you don't agree, which I think is a, a much larger conversation that could be had in the world at large, even if you don't agree with something, it's okay to respect people's ability to just say how they feel. That's fine. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'd rather be I'd I'd rather be despised for who I am than loved for who I'm not, right? Oh, I oh, love that. Can you say that again? Yes, we're gonna yeah write that <laughs> down. <laughs> I did not come up with that. I'm pretty sure I've I read that on a bumper sticker somewhere. I'd rather be loved. I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Oh, I love that. That's so perfect. Yeah, Russell. And, and I feel like it, it lubricates. Um, it lubricates the business aspect when people are like, okay, this, this person is not afraid to be who they are. Uh, it just, it, it kind of eliminates that, that professional guise of like, well, if I, if I'm acting a different way than I normally am, people can pick up on that. Those, those subtle body language cues. And that in turn causes clients and customers to feel like they have to act a certain way with you, which only adds to the anxiety, which only, it just creates this domino effect of let's just be ourselves and we can eliminate all this mess and we can just be ourselves and be cool. Life is so much easier when you're just yourself, right? Yeah, man. You can't really make mistakes being, I mean, you, obviously people make mistakes in life, but you know, when you're trying to be somebody that you're not, uh, it, it's so much harder. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to just be who you are. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. 
So let's talk about your podcast, Russell, 30A Locals. Um, I just need to say a few things of this uh, about this. Um, the 30A area that you focus on is so incredible. And it seems that there are so many young entrepreneurs that are flocking to your area. Before we get into the podcast, what is it about 30A that attracts them? And being somewhat new to the area, I'm wondering if that's the same thing that attracted you there. So tell us a little bit about 30A. Can you yeah, tell sure. us what 30A is? Yes. Mm -hmm. So so a lot of people in the Southeast region of the United States know what 30A is. Um, it's this tiny little 18 and a half mile highway. Um, it's nestled between Destin and Panama City Beach. And it's a really, really unique area. Um, we were introduced to it back in like 2012, I think. And um, it's just unlike any other panhandle town. I mean, I grew up going to Destin and Navarre and stuff like that. And it's your, you know, high rise condos, there's a Chili's, there's an Outback, there's an Olive Garden, that kind of scene. Um, it's just kind of these commercialized corporate spaces. They have beautiful beaches, but there's just not really like a community or a culture there. Um, and 30A kind of breaks that mold. Um, you know, we have restrictions on how high you can build properties because we don't want to take away. There's actual communities here, like within the 18 and a half miles, not to run down the whole list, but there's, you know, Dune Allen, Blue Mountain, Seaside. Most people know Seaside, Grayton Beach, Seacrest, Rosemary, and they're all unique in their own respects, but they're all this one big community. Um, and there's just it's just a really unique area within the Florida panhandle itself. We have like Caribbean beaches. It's it's fantastic. And there's a really strong emphasis on the local community and supporting the locals and, you know, not being, not turning into a, you know, Destin 2.0. Um, and I think it attracts young entrepreneurs because there's not like, there's not like a big refinery here. There's not like we have a whole bunch of industrialized stuff here. Um, if you want to live here, you kind of already have to have the an entrepreneurial mindset of okay how am i going to make this work you have to get creative like we have a ton of local artists out here um lots of great restaurants because people can come here and they can create things for themselves and you know i didn't re we didn't realize it at the time we just wanted to move here for the superficial reason of you know it's a beautiful place to live it's better than new orleans we have a young daughter we don't want her growing up in new orleans it wasn't all that long ago that we were teenagers in new orleans and i just know there's too many people like me back in new orleans <laughs> um, you're awesome what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> every light casts a shadow um no i've grown up a lot but th this area is just kind of conducive to that mindset um so you know we get a lot of people especially now uh people that have realize that they can work remotely and a lot of companies have gone remote well people are realizing well i can live where i want to live and still you know have my income For so sure. that's that's what kind of it fosters that the growth of that kind of sector so russell you're a big giver in your community with your podcast interviews what type of businesses are you interviewing what are those conversations going like? And how are you creating long-lasting relationships with these business owners? Um, I know that's a loaded question. I want to really focus on the podcast and everything that goes into that. But the relationships that you're creating um, are, I'm going to assume, a direct 
result of these podcast interviews. Um, And I also have to say, before you answer that, that I'm not even from the 38 area. You know, I'm a Jersey girl. And I listen to your podcast. I think on top of what you're doing in your community, it's a real learning experience. I think any realtor um, or any small business can listen to what you're doing um, and, and see, you know, what it takes. It's not I don't want to say it's not hard, you know, but you're having genuine conversations um, with people and you're making such a lasting impact. So tell us about all of that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, the podcast was born, well, I guess I have to back up even a little further. So in 2019, so a year after we moved here, um, we had just, and there's another long story here that I'll skip, but we had just finished going through three months of arbitration. Uh, we had built a house when we moved here. We were in the process of building a house when we moved here on top of losing my job. Um, and uh, a year into the build and we were about to close, we we found a lot, a lot, a lot of problems with the house that was built. And we wound up going through three months of arbitration, we wound up walking away from our house, which was just another blow from the universe. But again, in hindsight, I'm grateful for it. And uh, my wife, Michelle, was... I'm not sure what inspired her to do it. You'd have to ask her, but she wanted to, she just wanted to start connecting with people. Um, she wanted to have a more profound role in the community itself. So she saw a need for connecting with locals in the area. That's that's what she really wanted to do uh, because this is such a tourist destination and there's so much emphasis on the tourists. There's there's not much credit given to the people who live here full time, who make it what it is, who make it such an attractive place to visit all the time. Um, so she kind of wanted to fill that void. So she created 38 Locals Guide, just as a little passion project on Instagram, just kind of talking about the people that live here and the things that are going on, just kind of being a resource uh, for the community at large. Because at the time, it was like, if you wanted to find out what was going on in Seaside, you had to look at Seaside. If you wanted to find out what was going on this end of 38, you had to look at it. There was just too many resources scattered. And she wanted to kind of, uh, God, what's the word? Curate. There we go. She wanted to curate that kind of stuff. Um, so that's kind of how that was born. And, you know, two years later, she's got almost 15,000 followers. And Wow. Yeah. Michelle has some great ideas. Yes, yeah, she wow. does. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we did right or wrong in our previous lives that we both wound up being entrepreneurs. <laughs> but we, I guess we're suckers for punishment. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how that was born. And, you know, uh, me being a content producer for video and podcast, it, it felt silly not to leverage that. And so we, we launched the 38 Locals podcast. We had no idea what it was going to do, but we just wanted to take advantage of that platform to to just kind of show the rest of the world and introduce them to, look, these when you come and visit, the things that you love about this area, these are the people that are making it happen. And then, you know, on this on the same token, Here's the people that are that have just moved, just like we did, and they want to call this place home. Because there's something something else unique about this area, uh, in addition to the, all the other things, is that it's it, it really is a magnet for creativity. I, I can't impress upon that enough. There are so many people who just kind of figure it out here, and we just we wanted they they live here intentionally. Nobody lives here because it was on accident or they had to move here for a different reason. 
I would venture to say that 90 plus percent of the people that call this place home call this place home because they want to. And there's something incredible that happens within a community, within the economy, when everyone cares about where they live. Um, mm. And and, and I, I really think that's what makes this place such a special place to come visit. It's what makes it so attractive. So we really wanted to shed a light on those people, let them tell their stories, and just be able to kind of be a hub for people to be connected. And I'm, I'm really happy with, you know, the sort of connections that we've made in that process. And we've only really just begun. I mean, I think we're on episode seven because it's, it's always kind of like flying by the seat of our pants, getting it done. Well, it's a process. That's for sure. Yeah. You have a podcast, you know. That's right. <laughs> Russell, I have a, a sort of a follow-up question. Um, mm-hmm. So you you've only been there since you said 2018, is that right? Yes. And I mean, I I'm enamored by the passion you have around the community and I love what you said about, you know, people are choosing to be there, they're intentionally being there, be moving there and um there's a sort of a different vibe when people choose something versus mm-hmm. when they're sort of defaulting to it. Um it's amazing to me all the relationships that you have already started. So can you talk a little bit about how specifically involved with the local businesses and the community you are? Because I'm just amazed in like three years how how established you've become. Well, in my in my defense, or I guess maybe in other places' defense, again, the Highway 38 is 18 and a half miles long. I mean, we're essentially on an island if you count the canal that was dug. Um, so it is a very small community. It's a very tight knit community, but there were gaps there. Um, and there's also a really strong collaborative effort here. Um, it's kind of interesting coming from new Orleans where everything felt cutthroat, you know, the competition was, you know, survival of the fittest here. It's, it's much more a mentality of how can I help? I remember that was one of the most striking things when we moved here and our, as we were moving in our neighbors that lived above us, uh, we're like, hey, we'll get, we'll go get dinner one day, and we went and had dinner with them. And one of the first things they asked was like, "So, what's your story, and how can we help?" And that's been a common, wow. it's it's been a common theme, and it's it's a beautiful lesson. But it, it really impacted us, and it sort of validated our decision to move here. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I, I the, the connections I- we've made. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what I was getting at is, you know, in a short three years, you've established this these really deep rooted relationships with local people, and I think, I, I mean, ultimately, I think it speaks to who you are as a human, um, not just as a business owner. And yeah, I, I think we just kind of stepped out of the gate, and again, none of this was we didn't do it with the intention to make the, all these connections. I think it was more of a you know, we, we weren't afraid to just kind of step out once we were here and say, hi, we're new here. We don't really know anybody, but you know, we love being here and we'd like to, you know, we'd like to know you and we want to help make this place cool. (laughs) Not that it isn't already, but I don't know, just kind of putting ourselves out there. And I think people just, it's human nature to resonate with people that are willing to do that. Yeah, and I think I think you bring up a good point, which which goes right back to the no like trust factor. I think a big part of the no like trust factor is having the confidence and the um, openness 
to just reach out, like you were saying, you know, just be the one, the first one to put your hand out, be the one to smile when somebody passes you on the street, be the one to say hello. I mean, I think those are the things that we just don't see that much anymore. Um, and that's what starts to build that no like trust factor for mm-hmm. both business and life. And that's where we start to go deep and feel that really strong fundamental connection with other humans. Yeah. I mean, something as simple as walking down the street and, you know, maybe you've heard this stereotype before, but like in New Orleans, um, it's not too uncommon. If you make eye contact with somebody walking down the street, they'll say like, where yet? Or like, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, where yet? Y-A-T. Um, which is just kind of like, how you doing? Um, but there's kind of this building trend. It's an unfortunate trend where we just kind of keep our eyes down a lot of times when we're walking down the street, especially now we have phones and we're just kind of becoming, I always talk about when it comes to content and like sort of my marketing philosophy, it's like social media has connected us more than we've ever been connected yet. Somehow we're more disconnected than ever. And we, we don't know how to actually communicate. Um, and here it's different, you know, people, I think I probably say, hey, brother, or how's it going? Probably like a hundred times a day. Anytime I see somebody, like there's there's usually eye contact, hey, and you you unexpectedly be drawn into an hour-long conversation. Yes. Uh, it really is just a hallmark of this area. I love that. That's amazing. Uh, you can't find that everywhere for sure. Mm-hmm. So... Let's just touch back on my very long-winded question from before. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about the businesses that you are interviewing, um, and like what I mean. I mean, I guess just who you are and giving back to your community is what brought you to that. Um, but how is this contributing? to your community and to the relationships that you're building. I mean, you're meeting so many different new people, like Christine said, um, but you're really helping those businesses while you're at it. And I know it comes naturally to you, but talk a little bit about what type of businesses you're interviewing Yeah, and uh, why. Um, we don't really pick them necessarily. I mean, we, it started out, we just, you know, Michelle and I did an episode ourselves. And then, um, there was this one guy that we had been following on Instagram for a while. I wasn't even actually sure what he did. He wore so many hats, but he was just this really animated character. His name was Jordan Crowder. And, um, you know, he was a graphic designer and he also sold these kick bike things. And he also did marketing for this coffee. Co- he did all kinds of stuff. And I didn't know anything about ac- what he actually did. I just knew he was a really, he was a cool guy. Like he was super animated and really always spoke a good positive message. And we're like, we need to get that dude on just be, just to hear it, let him talk. And that's, I think that's kind of, we never really had, I'm not sure what the word I'm like. We didn't really have a framework for what we wanted the podcast to be mm-hmm. other than just a place for, us to sit down with other locals, you know, some of them obviously entrepreneurs, some of them might not be, um, and just people that we've, we found in the community who were a light and we wanted to let, give them a space to just tell their story and, you know, share whatever it is they wanted to share. If they had something they wanted to promote, they could promote it and just have a conversation and get to know them better. Um, and that's kind of evolved into, if you watch the interview we had with John Lyons, who's now my broker, um, 
Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I listened actually. <laughs> yeah, he just had this great message, and it, it kind of resonates with what we're trying to do. Is just we, we just want to love the people that are here, you know. Um, and what's you know we're doing it in the way that we know we can. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not really selective. Like for instance, we're gonna I'm not gonna drop her name right now, but um, she's a she's a a waitress at one of the local restaurants. But she is just like this little bubble of sunshine and happiness. And I, I swear to God, it's like she belches rainbows or something. But <laughs> we we want to have her on just because she's such a positive. She has such a positive impact, and it's just this domino effect. We just we yes. wanted to open up the community to the world at large. Like, look, there's there's even more to this place than beautiful beaches and you know acres upon acres of state forest. And there's a there's a community here making it what it is. You know, I, I love that Russell. And I think, you know, there's, I'm not going to go down the political road, but I I will say there has been so much divisiveness in our country in the last few years. And I think one of the greatest silver linings that's come from it, and I, and I would have COVID be a contributor to this as well. One of the greatest silver linings is that there are people like yourself and I think Betty and I, and and anyone who's who is um, just publicly um, intentionally speaking about kindness and and positivity and like I'm just gonna write what you just I'm gonna say what you just what you quoted which is we just want to love the people who are here in the way that we can I mean that kind of attitude and behavior I think is the silver lining that's come out of this in the last four years and. It's great that people are intentionally putting themselves out there to to be connected. Yeah, and you know, speaking to that, and I, like you, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I honestly truly believe in the bottom of my heart that the vast majority of the people in this world do think and feel that way. But I think there are systematic barriers put in place to keep people from doing that. Um, it's almost like we're encouraged to be disconnected, I feel like. And I, I really don't believe that's the case. I, I think more often than not, you will find people that want to share their story, that want, just like we want to be heard, it, that we can reciprocate to listen. Yeah. And be the helpers, like Mr. Rogers said, right? <laughs> Abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, Russell... What else you got for me? Just to kind of tie this all up a little bit, your podcast and your involvement in your community, they are so intertwined with real estate and the no like trust factor. Interestingly enough, your podcast came before you became a realtor and your involvement in your community before you became a realtor. So obviously it's who you are. You're not doing it for real estate. But it's it's really just so perfect for real estate. Do you think it will have an impact on your real estate business? I would be how? I would be shocked if it didn't. Um, but like you said, I, I didn't do it for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, getting my license was such a hasty decision. Uh, you know, at the end of 2020, if you seriously like on Christmas and of 2020, if you just said, "Hey, you're going to get your real estate license in a few months," I'd be like, "No, I'm not." 
And then, you know, a month later, I'm taking the course in a matter of three weeks and taking the, I took the exam the day before my, my birthday in April, uh, which was a really risky move, but I was like, you know, if, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But, um, you know, the, the chicken came before the egg in that case. And I have yet to leverage really any of that for real estate. I've, I've only had my license hung for two months now. Um, I had a little bit of a baptism by fire with, with an investor and, I'm not to a point yet where I'm fully utilizing, you know, all my marketing knowledge uh, for real estate. But I, I'm I'm positive that it will it will have a positive impact, and it's just one more. I, I don't look at it from a business perspective. I look at it more as here's one more tool in my arsenal to help people, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially with you know what I said earlier, so many people that that live here that that live here full time. We have a ton of investors, obviously, but the people that want to live here want to live here on purpose. And it's just one more way that I can enable that. Oh, I love awesome. That. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> Russell, this has been so amazing. Before we go, can you just let people know where they can find you? Uh, sure. So I created a separate Instagram handle for my real estate stuff because I don't want to spam the living hell out of uh, my wife's account. But um, you can find anything you want to know about our family, you can find at uh, 30A Local Family on Instagram. And then my real estate handle is at Navigate 30A. Or you can find us online if you just type in like 30A Local Guide or 30A Local Family. I'm sure it'll come up. Okay. And then, mm-hmm. of course, your website is no... is. Um... Uh, lovetravelfilm.com. I, well, actually, that's going dormant. Um, <gasps> yeah, that's going. What? We're, we're kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the website is going dormant. Calm down. Uh, no, we're just, it, it's just easier to house it all under one place. Uh, that's always been a little bit of a challenge because it's, my wife and I have always kind of bounced off of one another with what we do. And it's, it's always been a struggle to be like, how do we define us? It's like, I don't know, man. We're just, we're just us. If we could just have a, yeah, we're the Harris family or whatever, and just have it all laid out, that'd be great. But um, yeah, it's all just going to live in one place. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I would encourage all of our listeners and everyone in our community, make sure you're following Russell on Instagram. Um, Stay tuned for the Harris family. This is us. That'll be coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Do not type that into your URL bar, please. Um, and if you're looking for an editor, he's amazing and, um, super helpful. Like just, just, you're just amazing and you have a great sense of humor and I love it. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree and also highly recommend that you follow Russell. He is the real deal. The real deal. He is just a wonderful human and, we absolutely adore you, Russell. So we do. Thank you for being you. The feeling is mutual. Aww. Thank you all very much. I'm very, very flattered to have produced, launched, and now be a guest on this podcast. Oh, well, we're happy to have you. And please, if you're enjoying, enjoying our podcast, we'd love it if you would share it with your friends and write us a review. We look forward to seeing you all here on the No Like Trust podcast next time. Thanks for listening. If you like our podcast, 
We'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review. And if you're interested in being a guest on our show, please reach out to us on social media for consideration. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. We look forward to seeing you next time.